Hi, this is Nancy Urell, and welcome to Nancy's Psychic View on the High Road to Humanity. And today I have a lovely lady, Rachel Henderson's here. Rachel, where are you joining me from today? Where are you? I'm from Wyoming. We're oh. in the uh, cold west. Yeah, well, welcome to the High Road. Thank you. I'm it's so great to be here. here. Yeah, I'm really glad you're here. This is a cool book she's bringing me. You can see all my little um, notes here, guys. So you know it's going to be a fun show. She has put together a book called The Natural Home Wheel of the Year. And within this, there is so much information. And just let me give you a little bit of information about what we're going to talk about today. And then I do have some headlines I want to read. You know, so she invites the Sabbats into your home naturally and creates a vibrant wheel of the year tradition with this book of crafts, activities, and recipes. And there's some great recipes. And um, she does it for each season, okay? And she does, um, she shows us how to put an altar together, uh, journal prompts, food ideas, decorations, suggestions. I mean, it's really cool. And she does it in a way that you can get like materials from home. And I think that's the coolest thing I liked about this book, you know, and so we're going to get into it. Um, she is a pagan and uh, she is very eccentric. She says she's uh, followed an eccentric path. She does um, work with Hestia and Turtle in her magical practice practice. She contributes articles to Llewellyn's almanacs and calendars. She blogs about magic, creativity, um, living by your own patterns. She's written a couple other books. Um, she's the author of So Witchy and the Scent of Lemon and Rosemary. And here we go. She is in Wyoming. I should know that. <laughs> okay. Well, it's going to be fun, you guys. This is a beautiful book. But I want to talk really quickly about Biden and the border and Texas and Governor Abbott in this whole struggle, and you know, I'm bringing it to everybody's attention because here's the headline, the Biden administration escalates its border dispute with Texas after three migrants drowned. And this is the deal. I've lived in Texas and I have seen the Rio Grande and I've lived in New Mexico. And so I know what it's like to cross the Rio Grande. And these people are really, you know, this is a dangerous thing when they try to cross, but it says, this comes from the AP. Uh, Associated Press. The drowning deaths of three migrants have brought new urgency to an extra, extra, extraordinary showdown between the Biden administration and Texas Republican Governor Greg Abbott, who has seized a city park in a major corridor for illegal crossings and denied entry to border patrol agents. So the Department of Justice filed a new request late Monday uh, with the Supreme Court to grant federal agents access to this portion of the border along the Rio Grande that is occupied by the Texas National Guard and the Texas Military Department. The request followed the drownings of a young Mexican mother and her two children who tried to enter the U.S. through the river near Shelby Park at Eagle Pass, Texas. And I just want to send prayers to Texas, to the family, to the lady, to her children. You know, all of this, this is just a mess and we have to get some kind of order down there. And so I want to bring it to people's attention. We got to stop people coming across in this manner that a child and two children and their mother were drowned. I mean, regardless of what Biden and, and Abbott have, you know, going on here. And I understand both sides of it. I always like to look at both sides of the coin. But, you know, people are souls people are people and this has become dangerous so i want to do you want to say anything about this oh no i think that you uh covered it really well 
Thank you. Well, I just, I, we need to know what's, this has got to stop. This is inhumane on so many levels. The other thing I want to talk about is, and I'm, I grew up in um, Ohio and Michigan. And so I worked for General Motors at one time and love the car industry. I have family that still works there, but you know, this whole um, electric car thing has been a real I don't know. I think people just don't know what to think about it. Some people are on board. Some people aren't. But here's the headline. Chicago area Tesla charging stations line with dead cars in freezing cold. A bunch of dead robots out there. Um, despite Tesla owners in and around Chicago, we've seen trying to charge their vehicles with no luck amid frigid temperatures that have gripped the Midwest. And I just want to say briefly, you know, I grew up in Michigan and Ohio. It gets cold. I, what were they thinking? Did they not realize that these things wouldn't function in the cold? So anyway, having said that, I don't know, Rachel, what do you think? Are you up for the electric car or what do you think? Um, I think that there's a place for electric cars. I uh, agree. <laughs> I don't think they would do very well in the winter out here in Wyoming uh, again, because yeah, it gets cold. Yeah, and then they won't function. And the whole idea is that we can get from point A to point B. You know, whether it's rail, maybe we should go to railway. I mean, that's what they do. I here. would love that. Which I think railway would be great. Yeah, I've ridden the Amtrak. All right, one more thing I'm going to say before we get into your book, and that's because I'm going to be in L.A., um, next month, and it's coming up very quickly. On, uh, I'm going to be at the Conscious Life Expo. It's the 22nd Expo. It's in LA. It's at the LAX uh, Hilton. I will be there Saturday evening. I'm going to do a workshop on angel communication and spiritual law. Please come and see me. It's a free event. I'm going to give everybody their wings. So it's going to be a lot of fun. Okay, Rachel, let's get into this. Okay. I want to know. Have you always been a craft, a crafter? Have you always been a person that did crafts? You know, you say water is the E3000 glue, air is your glitter, fire is your um, glue gun, <laughs> and earth is clay. I mean, have you always done crafts or what? Um, yeah, I come from a very crafty family. I come from a family of makers. So my grandmother, uh, um, she would make toys, uh, soft toys for us kids. She would make clothes. My mother uh, sews and crochets and knits. I have plenty of family who would do into get into woodworking, um, fiber arts. Just we we come from a family where you know my grandmother would preserve. They had a half acre garden and orchard, yeah. and she would she had lockers just full of food that she preserved from uh, from the garden. So we always were a very crafty, make-do sort of family. Yeah. Well, I grew up with the the orchard too, the apple orchard and the big garden. But um, and we my mom canned and all of that, but she wasn't crafty. <laughs> <laughs> I never learned that kind of thing. Now I have a daughter that is, but you know, this is so cool. Well, I want to get right into this because I don't know, and you explain, but I want you to tell the audience, or I can read this, but it says here, what are the sabbats? Am I pronouncing that right? Yeah, right? Okay. Yeah. So the wheel of the year refers to the cyclical natures of the season. But um, if the seasons are the wheel, then the sabbats or sabbats are the spokes. Can you talk about mm -hmm. this? Okay. Yeah, this is, um, the wheel of the year is a concept that uh, mostly came up around the early 1900s and uh, has, um, it was, it's taking various festivals and fire festivals um, and the equinoxes and um, 
the solstices and putting them in this kind of calendar, which is a cyclical seasonal calendar, as opposed to like the calendar that we have, we use now where you have months and your, your days and your months. Um, this is one that taps into the cycles of the season. Mm -hmm. So the Sabbaths are the equinoxes and the solstices. Mm -hmm. Those are the main spokes. And then you have the, um, in between them, you have, these are Celtic fire festivals that uh, people have celebrated forever. Um, and the main uh, spokes, the, the solstices and the equinoxes, they coincide with um, major, the major holidays that you would be familiar with now. So like Yule is Christmas, um, Oyster is Easter, Easter yeah. um, uh, that sort of thing. Um, uh, Samhain is Halloween. So these are holidays that we are already familiar with that uh, have some ancient roots. And it's just bringing those ancient roots into a system that we can use in a modern day concept to tap into the energies of the earth and the energies of the seasons and live kind of a more seasonal cyclical lifestyle as opposed to being trapped in these calendars where yeah. you, know, you have your your week and your your weekdays and your weekends and all of that yeah I'm so glad you did this and that was I could tell from you telling us that that was your whole passion behind this wasn't it 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 is I really feel like um our time rushes so fast True. that having something that can be touchstones that uh, allow us to just kind of pop our heads up out of our daily grind and go, oh yeah, it's spring. Let's yeah. celebrate this spring is happening. Let's celebrate that it is the end of the long dark season and that sort of thing. I think that it allows us to have celebrations in our life that aren't tied to the calendar that we're used to right and we can give them meaning right i want to read something out of your book if it's oh, okay. okay um i love this the holly king and the oak king and i won't read the whole thing but i want to read just well i'll read the whole thing what the heck this, out <laughs> this is cool sit back for a minute the story of the holly king and the oak king is one with ancient origins in Celtic mythology. It is a story of two seasonal and natural forces that have been locked in battle since the beginning of time. In the story, the Holly King is at the height of his powers at midwinter. And at the time, at this time, the Oak King is reborn. The two battle at the spring equinox with the Holly King being defeated. And the Oak King rules throughout the spring and summer with the Holly King being born again at midsummer. They engage in battle during the autumn equinox and the whole cycle begins anew. I love this. And then she goes on to say, listen to this. The story of rebirth and renewal reminds us that the seasonal cycle is never ending and that the seeds of future crops lie in the dark soil. There isn't any good or bad when it comes to the wheel of the year. The dark is as necessary as the light. Beautiful. Yeah. Oh, really you. beautiful. Yeah. Well, you know, and I'll just say it as, as I was looking through your book, gosh, we need to get back to basics. You know, yeah. we really do. Um, In here, I mean, you give, I'm not going to give away all your ideas, but I'm going to give away a couple <laughs> of, okay. she does have templates. I want you guys to pick this book up because I think it's cool. In the back here are, let's see, 
page 239 to 257. And I just want to show this because I marked it. There are templates, you guys, to make like snowflakes. And this is cool. I just thought this was really neat to make all different things. Look, you can make your spirit animals and stuff like that too. I just thought that was really cool. Um, I also want to say you give like all these different tidbits, like wine corks are plastic now and you use those for stamps for decorating. Do you have like mm -hmm. something like, how, what do you make with that? Is there something that? Um, I use it for, um, I'll make Yule cards. So instead of Christmas cards, I send out Yule cards. And so yeah. I'll use the um, wine corks to make little stamps. I'll, there's a project in there to make like a tree of life with using the wine corks and making leaf stamps. Um, my big thing is we, as a society, we make so much stuff. Like we have so much leftover packaging. We do. Toilet paper rolls. Uh, wine corks and the all the other packaging that comes with our daily needs. Well, look at yeah. Amazon alone. I mean, not to interrupt your yeah. turn, but I have so much packaging and boxes from Amazon. It's absolutely crazy, right? right? You too. Yeah. Yeah. And I feel like rather than having that go into the landfill, that right. it is better to then reuse and treat it as materials for creativity. Mm -hmm. um, because otherwise we're just adding more garbage to the environment. And uh, I feel like one of my goals with this book was to show people and maybe get them looking at things differently and looking at their waste yeah. uh, as uh, craft supplies. No, you're exactly right. I have to say I moved uh, about a year ago. And when I moved, I re I realized how much stuff I accumulated and that I didn't need. And we are really a wasteful society. And, but throughout your book, there was, <laughs> I came upon this page and I was so excited. Page 13, removing labels from jars. She tells you how to do it. I have always wanted to know how to do this. And can I, can I tell them? Is it okay? Oh yeah, please. Okay. Go ahead. So she says a uh, commercial chemical like Goo Gone can be used to remove labels, which I've done that, but it doesn't seem to work as good. A chemical free alter alternative, which I like involves hot water, dish soap, baking soda, and vinegar. And you just, because it's more of a natural solution. And she says, you take a half a cup of baking soda, a tablespoon of dish soap and two cups of white vinegar. And I won't give the whole thing, but I just think that's phenomenal because that's, there's always these really cool jars that you want to keep, but you can never get that label off of there. Yeah. And no. I, as, as a pagan, um, th that's one of the, and I'm, I'm a witchy pagan. So as a witchy pagan, there is this, um, what's this a witchy pagan? Well, wait a minute. What's a witchy oh. pagan? What's the difference? Cause I, I'm um, a Celt, you know, I don't know. What's yeah. the difference? Um, I believe in magic and I believe I, okay. you know, I will cast spells and I will uh, work magic and use my intention to uh, put out my, to try to um, change uh, my circumstances to my will. And uh, you can be a pagan, not be a witch, and you can be a witch and not be a pagan. So I'm both because I also like, I work with Hestia who is the Greek goddess of the hearth Um so, you know, there's some of that deity is in with my magic. And there's this joke that if you want to attract a witch, all you have to do is put out a box that says free jars on it. Is because we all 
free jars. Free jars. Okay. We love jars. We love them. It's, I don't know what it is. It's almost pathological. And so when I wrote the book, I wanted to give people alternatives and uh, environmentally uh, conscious alternatives so that they could clean up their jars. Because yeah, there's a lot of cool jars out there that could be reused. Oh yeah. And I, God, I must've been a witch before because (laughs) (laughs) the other thing that I pulled out was this. Yeah. Uh, I love, I love that. I love the little tin can. Tell the audience about this. What this is. This is beautiful. Uh, That is a tin can votive. It's you take your tin can and you just punch holes in it with the, um, with a nail. How do you make it this color? How do you make it look like this? That I removed all of, you know, you remove all the label and you clean it up. And that is the natural color of the can underneath. Um, beautiful. Yeah. And Go ahead. I'm sorry. Oh, it's just, I, it's a fun little craft that you can do that just provide, it, it changes your view. And I also, witches love candles. I know. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, so candles and you have candle holders everywhere and candles everywhere. And I love the little sparkling lights that comes from that craft when you put your candle in it. I love it. I love it. I think the word witch gets a bad, um, a bad, I don't know, people think of it for some reason, it's gotten like a bad, you know, thing about it. And it's really, it's just a practice. Cause when you say yeah. you do your magic, it's like me doing affirmations, Yeah, exactly. you know, and I do it in an angelic way and you do it, you know, in your way. It's just, it's just, it's the same thing. It's just doing it and speaking of it differently. And I just want to talk about these lanterns a second. So I actually ordered, oh my gosh. And I could have made these myself, but didn't realize last couple of years ago, I ordered lanterns and all they are, are, um, you know, jars, you know, like canning jars, glass, and they put mm-hmm. the handle on like you did. And then they put these little, um, they dropped these little LED lights in there and then put the lid back on. So if it rains, you know, and I hang them from my trees. That's lovely. And it looks magical. You guys, yeah. and I could when I saw this, I thought, oh my gosh, I'm going to do this. I'm absolutely going to do this. All right. There's so much in this book <laughs> I have to talk about. You know, you give rules for foraging and I want to talk about that a little bit because I'm going to back up a little bit. When you go out and you collect things, you say, don't take from the first bush you see. Um, Don't take from the last bush you see. Give us some of those ideas. What are, what is the meaning behind all of this on the foraging? Um, The rules of foraging are these rules that uh, have been developed to make sure that you don't over harvest. Okay. And make sure that you leave some for other people. I love um, it. It's another way to be very conscious about what you're doing and to be mindful uh, because there can be that tendency to go out and grab everything mm-hmm. and mine, 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 mine. Mm-hmm. And this uh, reminds you that the earth is there for everybody. This right. is, we are all stewards of the earth and we all share in the earth. Mm-hmm. And so we should not be greedy. Um, and so that's, I put the rules in there because especially this book is meant for people who may not have, um, have experience with any of this before. And so I want it to be very newbie friendly. Mm-hmm. And so I figured, you know, letting people know ahead of time, uh, go out, have fun, forage, uh, but be mindful as you do it. 
Right. You know, this takes me back to the Native Americans. Mm -hmm. uh, and in New Mexico, when you take something you from the land, you give back. And usually we give back tobacco is what we usually, yeah. we usually carry a little tobacco with us to give back because that's what I was taught to do. And it's very, it's exactly, you know, and I don't know if you talk about giving back, but it's when you take from the land, you almost need to return something. I feel, I don't know. What do you think? Oh about yeah. That? And that's, that's yeah. very much a pagan practice as well is, is giving back. Um, I tend to do water. So if okay. I'm taking from a, a bush, I will give it a little bit of water. Here's your uh, drink. Like um, there's also this idea of asking permission when you take something, yes. say, uh, can and, and giving thanks, saying, uh, may I take this wait uh, to kind of get a feel for an answer and then say thank you. Mm -hmm. And again, it's all about being mindful because we tend to, we live such a fast paced life and such a life where we spend so much time in our own heads. Yes. That we don't think. Uh, right. And so this is my, this is an attempt to get people to, to stop and slow down and enjoy and be mindful about what is around them. Mm -hmm. I mark this because <laughs> you're going to laugh at me. I have dried flowers for so many years and then I never end up doing anything with them. <laughs> oh my God. And this is making loose incense. And this really caught my eye. If you guys are watching me on YouTube, I hope you'll, you can see it. If you're listening to us on the podcast, you're going to have to check out our book, but they're dried flowers upside down. And how do you, I mean, I, I, I don't want you to go into a whole thing, but I mean, is it easy to make an incense? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's super easy. Loose incense. All it is, is your herbs and your resins and your plant matter that you mix together and you might want to, you know, give it either with your hands, crush it up or use a mortar and pestle to, because if you're using like some woody stuff, you're going to want to crush it up. And then they sell these little charcoal discs there. You want to get the um, charcoal incense discs. You don't want to use like um, charcoal that you would use in a barbecue, uh, but they have right. these little discs right. that you put in a fireproof container mm -hmm. and you light it and it, it'll burn. And then you just sprinkle the incense on top of that. And then the smoke rises. I'm a big fan of loose incense because, because then you can make it exactly how you want you with want the properties and the scents that uh, are aligned with your purpose that you're using it for. Oh, Rachel, thank you. You just taught me <laughs> and the audience something really cool. I'm going to do that. Well, because I have lavender and all different things and, you know, and I have essential oils, but this is a little different. Yeah. You know, and it's, I feel that it's uh, very accessible to people mm -hmm, because, mm -hmm. you, you know, people usually are used to like either the little incense cones or the incense sticks. And right. this is something that somebody can look at and go, oh, I can do that. Um, I really want to encourage people that, yeah, you can do this. That's uh, the crafts are the ones that I chose. I chose ones that would be uh, relatively simple, mm -hmm. didn't require a whole lot of stuff to have right. on hand. Right. And especially things that you could do with your kids, because oh. I wanted uh, there to be crafts that people could work together as a family. Right. If they so chose. Yeah. Um, and, and get kids involved so that, you know, starting them off, getting them off of uh, the iPads the and the yeah. phones and the games and having some time where you, that you can sit around and explain, this is why we're doing this. 
this is what this meaning is. This is why we're being mindful. Very nice. I love it. Yeah, because my grandson's always on the games and my other grandson's always on the iPad. My granddaughter too, all of them. Um, <laughs> so yeah. Okay, so you put my favorite cookies in here, the thumbprint cookies. And oh. <laughs> it's a wonderful recipe for that. And what really delighted me more than anything was the homemade hot chocolate mix. Um, although, okay, so although I had to read it. So you make the, you make the, your own mix. You use powdered sugar, which I didn't realize and <laughs> powdered milk, cocoa powder and salt. Now I don't use milk, but what it made me realize, and I want to ask you, so if I do my almond milk or my coconut milk and I'm not making the blend, but I'm just making hot chocolate. Mm -hmm. So it's better to use the powdered sugar, isn't it? The powdered sugar uh, dissolves faster. Yes. Yeah. See, that was my aha moment on that one. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> oh, I don't, you know, I didn't know that. So that was really cool. Oh, and here's your Yule card. She has all kinds of crafts in here, you guys. It's really cool. I mean, this is a really interesting book. There's so much stuff in here. You you show how to make garlands. And um, I want to ask, because we're coming up on February, and I don't know so much about this, is it in bulk? Yep, in bulk. In bulk. And so you, uh, so according to Laura O'Brien in her Irish book uh, of witchcraft, she says, she talked about this. She says it falls uh, February 1st or 2nd. This is a time of blessing your tools, your pets, your home. Um, coming out of the light encourages you to anoint and bless your home and family and yourself. Can you give us a little history on this? Yeah, this is, this is one of those, um, it is a uh, festival of in bulk means you use milk. So oh. E-W-E milk. And this is the time when the, uh, where you have lambing, where the sheep would start giving birth and they start producing the milk. And so this was the time where um, everything was starting anew. You oh. had these new baby lambs you uh the dark is finally giving way you have light returning and everybody um is celebrating you know it's it's still too early you're still re relying on your stores of food that you put up there isn't uh like even fresh greens like green plants that you can have, make a salad or anything and this is a time of just you're hanging on you're waiting for the last little bit of snow to clear away. And so what do you do? You prepare, you bless, you open your uh, windows and your doors and you let that wind in to blow out that stagnant air and energy. Mm -hmm. And you pull out your tools and you get ready. It's this very liminal time where you're in between spaces. You aren't ready to start working yet, but you're over rest. You're like, I'm done. I'm done with the winter. I'm tired of the snow. I'm tired right. of the cold. Right. I'm ready for it to be spring. And so that's the, um, that was what our ancestors celebrated around this time was, you know, all right, the lambs are coming. So now it's time to start blessing things. And just that not, it's like the, the pre setup to before spring. Before, yeah. Yeah. Before spring. Do you even go to the grocery store? Yes. <laughs> yes, I do. 
Oh, I'm just sitting here thinking, you know, if anything happened in the world, I'm sure you're good to go. <laughs> <laughs> Is it hard for you to go to the? I mean, do you do you do you grow a lot of your own vegetables and stuff? I I, I miss being on the farm. Let me just say this really quick. Growing up on a farm, I couldn't wait to get to the city. You know how kids are. And now I could I want to go back, you know, to that way. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we just moved back to Wyoming. I originally grew up in Wyoming and then I went to Illinois for okay. 20 some odd years. And okay. we just last year moved back here. So I have my pots and everything set up. Uh, I grew a little bit last year. Um, and discovered that the deer really like our pea plants. My husband was so mad because they he before he could even get to the peas they'd be gone because the deer yeah. would come through uh-huh. and uh and forge on those um but yeah the, my intention is to I I think anybody even if you have like a small little herb garden even if you just have a pot of basil or mint right. on your windowsill mm-hmm. that's you connecting to that and and growing something and I believe that everybody can do that there is even if you think that you are a black thumb there is some plant out there that you can grow you and can, can and have that connection to earth. Well, not, to, okay. I'm a psychic and I <laughs> am very intuitive and I just feel like there's going to come a time not too far off that we're going to have to start growing our own stuff. And I think we should, and this is a good start, you know, and making our own things. I wonder if you felt that way too. And that brought you back to your roots, kind of like me growing up and wanting to leave and then coming back. Did you feel that way? Is that, is that what I've, happened? I've always felt, um, because I'm very much concerned about um, thriftiness and frugality and making my own things or, you know, prepping, uh, you know, if I get a tear in a piece of clothing, I'm going to sew that up first. I'm not going to just toss it in the garbage. Um, I ended up, moving back to Wyoming, uh, mostly because when I was out in Illinois, um, I have a, she's going to be 20 soon, uh, but I had a daughter with my ex-husband and I had to stay in state. And once she turned 18, I wanted to move back to where my family was and where I felt like I could breathe. Yeah. Um, Wyoming is the least populated state in the union. So right. there's not <laughs> a lot of people. <laughs> I love it. So I've got, so I've got space. You I've like got it. space. Um, and I'm so happy to be back here, but yeah, I think that, uh, the way things are going, uh, it's, it's a good idea to, to learn a craft, to learn to how to replace a button or sew a rip, learn how to make your own pesto, um, you know, learn how to cook. Yeah, it is. And it's cheaper too. learning how to do this, these sort of things, you're going to save money, but also it gives you a sense of resourcefulness. Yeah. And a sense of confidence that I think uh, a lot of people are lacking right now because we're just so conditioned to just go to the grocery store, go right. buy what we need. Mm-hmm. I think it's wonderful. I think it's absolutely wonderful. You also have some recipes in here. I just wanted to ask you about. <laughs> I've never seen this before. Lilac sugar. Yeah. Um. The, the recipe. It's uh. You put your lilacs in the sugar and you let it rest for uh, a little bit of time, and then right. your sugar has not only a scent but it has like the sweet lilac taste to it. It's just 
a little something to kind of bring because that's a um around the time when the flowers are blooming and it just kind of brings that into your house and you can use it for tea you can use it for baking uh it's just a nice little thing to bring the outdoors in I like that well I did um mark Beltane because Beltane is most associated with pagan sexuality, it says. Well, it's spring. <laughs> it's in the cycle of the goddess, you know. So May Day. I always think of May Day. And, you know, mm-hmm. growing up, we always had the maple. Yeah. Do kids still do that? I don't even know if they still do that. Um, I I know that there are pagans who do that. Um, yeah. And it's, it's an ancient practice yeah. that then we adopted at a modern day. And then again, how the will of the year is trying to bring those ancient practices into a modern interpretation in a modern setting. Mm -hmm. I love it. There's so much stuff in here, you guys. Um, I don't even, there's um, crystallizing sugared flowers. Yes. There there are flowers you can eat. And so you can crystallize them with sugar and use them for the tops of your cakes or cookies or just eat them as just a little treat. Yeah. And dandelion honey was another, cause I grew up with, you know, my dad, like, Oh, get rid of all the dandelions. But I grew up with millions of dandelions on the farm. Uh, but I've never really, you know, and it's interesting cause I, I picked up a magazine recently on herbs and it was talking about dandelions and I think people, uh, you know, they're weeds, but that yet they're not, I mean, talk about this a little bit. Well, dandelions were brought over to uh, North America by the pilgrims. They brought them over as a, they're used as a pot herb um, because their leaves are eaten in salads and uh, you can make like the dandelion honey. I have um, instructions in there on how you can sprout the seeds to make microgreens. And um, it's- I didn't know this. Yeah, this this idea that you look at something and you say, okay, that's a weed, but why is it a weed? Because we're so used to this idea of manicured lawns and green grass, but that isn't natural. Hmm. And um, I feel like we we're moving to this idea. We're moving away from this idea of of manicured lawns, of Mm -hmm. this artificial everything to a much more natural state. And dandelions are, have all sorts of great uses. You can, the, you can make tea from the roots. You um, dry out the roots and you roast them and you make a tea that's a coffee supplement or um, replacement. You oh have, they're, they're, a, they're a powerhouse. And yet we treat them as weeds because there's so many of them. And I think there's this idea that. Uh, we need to get rid to of them because there's right. so many. And it has to be scarce in order for it to be valuable. And I don't think that's the case. I think we we are moving slowly but surely to a more um, beneficial and more abundant mindset mm-hmm. where we are looking at things and seeing abundance where Different. we didn't see it before. Well, yeah, because, well, I know I have, but that's because I've gotten older and, you know, <laughs> I look at things completely differently. I don't. Uh, there is no, everybody likes, likes nice things, but, um, people are more important and stuff is not as important to me, uh, as it used to be. Like, yeah, I think when you grow up, you're all, oh, I want to accomplish and I want to do well. And if I have this kind of car or this kind of house, look at me. And I think we are getting away from that finally. 
you know, which yeah. is, which is super nice. You know, it just came to me. I can see you putting together a cookbook of all these. Recipes. Oh. <laughs> I, I don't know if I'm, I don't know if I'm that, that good at cooking. I mean, mo all of the recipes in there, most of them are recipes that I've been using for years. Well, yeah, and they're great. So I know that they're, that they work. Yeah. Um, but I am, I am adequate in the kitchen. <laughs> All right, well, I, I do okay. Uh, <laughs> my I have, but I also have lots of bakers in my family. Okay, who, uh, just are phenomenal. Like my sister, every every weekend is posting pictures on her Instagram of the stuff she's making, and I'm like, that's I could never. You are awesome. Everybody's <laughs> got their own, yeah, their own forte. Well, the last, yeah. uh, the last one I'll talk about is Lamas. It refers to a Christian holiday in which, in which a loaf of bread made from the first harvest grains was brought to church to be blessed. And it mm -hmm. falls around the same. Okay. So this is a Gaelic holiday. Um, when is it? I'm not seeing the date. When is, is this fall? This is fall? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's the first, the first, um, there's three harvest festivals, three harvest sabbats in uh, the will of the year. The okay. first one is Lamas, which is for the grains. Right. So that's when they would pull in all of the grains and uh, harvest all of the corn and uh, barley and oats and the like. Okay. The second harvest is the harvest of fruits. That's Maybon. And that's when you'd be pulling in the apples and um, the other fruits of the orchard. And then the last one is Samhain, which is on Halloween, and that's the harvest of the souls. That is when uh, many Celtic uh, cultures believe that the souls of the people who passed the year before get gathered up. And so you have that in, um, it got Christianized, and so you have that with All Saints, uh, All Hall uh, Souls Day and Saints Day and that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. um, that uh, harvesting is a very, very important part of the wheel of the year because you need to gather in all of the stuff that you have sown all year long. Right. It's it's not an end to the process. It's the end of that cycle and the beginning of the new. Most a lot of pagans will actually celebrate their new year on Samhain because that's the last. Um, the final harvest so whereas like our modern calendar sees january 1st is the start of the new year for pagans it will be november 1st because we're starting over with the dark of the night and the rest and everything. which makes more sense <laughs> it just does i hate that everything's all topsy-turvy and it all got changed well i'll tell you what i love your book will of the year oh, thank rachel you. henderson you guys this is what it looks like rachel if people want to get in touch with you how do they get in touch with you how do they find you um the best way to get in touch with me is instagram that's where i spend uh most of my time online okay uh that is at idiorhythmic and i'll spell that out it's i-d-i-o-r-h-y-t-h-m-i-c it's a word that means living by one's own life patterns oh nice yeah that's that's living your own life word. being who you are exactly exactly yeah, yeah um and you can find the book uh it's available wherever books are available um you can buy it from the publisher buy it online go to um there 
are lots of metaphysical stores that you can order it through. I'm always uh, inclined to tell people to order it through their metaphysical store yeah. because that supports local. Um, and yeah, that's uh, it. Um, Instagram is the big way to get in touch with me and my books are um, out there to be picked up. Fantastic. I'm so glad you came. You're such a bright light in this so crazy world. Oh, you're welcome. Yeah. You guys, this is what the book's like. Looks like Wheel of the Year, Rachel Henderson. All right, you guys, we're going to get out of here for today. If you do want an angel reading, go to my website, nancyyearout.com. You can check out all the podcasts there and all the shows also on uh, that I do on YouTube. And you can also read the blogs and see all the messages that I've channeled from Archangel Gabriel. All right, you guys, we're getting out of here for today. I send love and light and blessings to everybody. Take care and have a great week.